Good evening, all, and welcome to Love our second. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the second edition of my show on Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into my programming, which we call Sin's Chat Corner. I hope that all of you had enjoyed last night's interview with the very lovely Peggy Tanos of the Real Housewives of Orange County. I wanted to take a moment to just remind all of you that if you want to look up her information, check out what she's doing or keep track of her, she can be found on Twitter under Peggy Tanos. You can look her up at her website information, which is www.peggytanos.com. She also has a website for her upcoming wines that she's going to be producing, and that is www.monarchywines.com. As I understand it, she will be producing those within the next coming year, so keep track of that, of course. And again, thanks very much to Peggy for coming on the show. If any of you have taken a look today, I mentioned on my website that I was happy to announce that we're going to be having a discussion and interview with one of the individuals from Make-A-Wish Foundation today. I'm certainly hoping this will be an enlightening experience for all of us. My desire here is to not only try to drum up some donations for the organization, but also to try to find out maybe if some people have some time to volunteer or things that they can do for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Now, in order to follow up on last night's show, we have some ground to cover about the Real Housewives chat. I didn't get an opportunity to cover that. Uh, We took up most of our time with the interview, which was fine. Um, I want to take some time tonight to extend out some thank yous to some of the housewives, as well as just sharing what I call my own personal awards to the individuals in the Real Housewives franchise. So please feel free at that point. uh, Give me a call. Tell me your thoughts. Send some comments, whatever you'd like to do. So before we begin on that, I would like to throw out a plea for help for a friend of mine. I have a girl who's a very dear friend of mine who could use some assistance with her son. Some time ago, um, her son Jeremy was out in about one evening at the Ugly Mug Tavern here in Milwaukee. He went outside of the bar one evening and a man, for no apparent reason, apparently started to brutally attack him. He ended up consistently excuse me, continuously beating him 16 times in the head. Jeremy is actually only 27 years old. His mother, Cheryl, is going to be holding a fundraiser. It's going to take place on April 14th from 2 o'clock in the afternoon roughly till about 10, 11 o'clock at night. This is going to be held at Tamp City, which is located actually in West Allis, the exact address being 7207 West National Avenue. At the moment, she's actually seeking for individuals to attend the benefit, and she is asking for a $5 donation, or if individuals wish to bring along a dish to pass, that would be greatly appreciated. I am also in the process of collecting donations for her that she can utilize for things such as raffle prizes. We can use dishes to pass. We can use donations. We are also actively seeking any musician in the Milwaukee area that may be able to donate their time for approximately two hours to play at the benefit so that we can provide some entertainment for individuals. And as I understand it, Cheryl indicated that her son Jeremy will actually be attending the benefit at some point. Um, He won't be there probably more than two hours or so, but then you get an opportunity to meet with him. The proceeds from the benefit will be going to things such as his medication, rehabilitation. There's a slew of just medical bills. There may be the potential for surgery. So we just need to try to donate 
and try to get involved and try to do as much as we can for Cheryl and for her son, of course. So anything that you would do, I would greatly appreciate. If you have anyone in mind or if you have any questions, please feel free, of course. I'm on Twitter. Send me a message on Facebook, or you can contact the show directly. So without further ado, let's get on with our Real Housewives chat. Um, As I mentioned yesterday, I'm the first to admit that I'm a huge fan and admirer of the Real Housewives franchise. I've been watching them all, and over time, I guess my feeling is I can kind of relate to some of the things that are going on in their lives. Um, As I now have a public forum and public radio, I'm wishing to share with you some of my thoughts and also to extend my gratitude um, to the housewives. Hopefully, if I'm lucky, maybe some of them might be actually listening to the show this evening and they can hear this directly. Um, There's a list of individuals that I just wanted to wish as a personal thank you today. Um, First off, I want to start with Vicki Gunvalson, who is a real housewife of Orange County. Um, I appreciate her taking the time. She actually spoke with me on the phone about things such as my insurance and my financial endeavors. She's a very intelligent, down-to-earth, and very well-diverse and very versed individual as it relates to her occupation. I'm very glad that our paths have crossed, and I want to spend a, just send off a very special thank you to her son, Michael, um, for his assistance with my business as well. He's just amazingly professional and just an absolute joy to work with, and I would recommend him to absolutely anyone. Second of all, a special shout-out to Rosie, who happens to be Kathy Wakili's sister, and that would be the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Rosie is just absolutely a lovely individual. I want to thank her for all of the support she's given me in my past endeavors. I want to thank her for offering her assistance to all of my causes. She's truly just a remarkable woman who just, in my opinion, is a lady with just a lovely soul. Next thank you goes off to uh, Joe. Joe happens to be the father of Jacqueline Laredo, who is also on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. I just have a tremendous amount of respect for him as, as having served our country. He's always been so very kind and complimentary in demeanor. And I appreciate actually having conversations through Twitter with him, and I wish his family just all the very best in the future. Now, as far as the personal thank yous, I just want to go through and give a list of the individuals from the Real Housewives that I've had contact with through Twitter who have been kind enough to pass the word out on my business. These would include, from the Real Housewives of New Jersey, uh, Melissa and Joe Gorga, Carolyn Manzo, um, we have Luann De Lesseps, of course, who is from the Real Housewives of New York, Tamara Barney, and, of course, Peggy Tanos from the Orange County Housewives. We have Dana Wilkie and Camille Grammer, both of which, of course, are on Beverly Hills, along with Cal Richards and, of course, Mauricio. We have Marisol Patton and Leah Black, who are from the Real Housewives in the last season and, of course, Kathy and Richard Wakili, who are, of course, Real Housewives of New Jersey. All of them have just been kind enough to assist me with getting the word out on all of my fundraisers and all of my ventures. They're all very, very gracious and very considerate individuals with their time, and I offer my absolute utmost appreciation to them for everything that they've done for me. Now, moving along to the next segment here, sat down yesterday and I thought about if I could give out awards to the Real Housewives or think about if I ever got an opportunity to meet with them, who's the best at this, who's the best at that. 
And so I just have a rundown of all the particular people I would want to give an award to for just being so special at this, that, or the other thing. So this is what I call SIN's Fan Awards for Real Housewives. I award the Best Confidence Award to Miss Tamara Barney. She's blunt, she's aggressive, sassy, and spunky, and dare I say sexy as well. And I certainly don't mean that in the wrong way. Despite all odds and all the circumstances, the variety of things that we've been privy to see on the show, she's kind of risen above everything, and she still manages to love herself. So I award her the Best Confidence Award. Now, for the family that I would want to personally adopt me, that would hands down be obviously the Wakilis. And I'm referring, of course, to Kathy and her lovely husband. They are creative, loving, very good-humored, extremely seemingly spiritual individuals, and just very kind in nature. Obviously, I haven't spoken to them directly, but you can clearly see by looking at the show and watching how they treat their children and how they treat the members of their family, they just seem to be hands down an absolutely lovely family. The next award goes to the family that I wouldn't dare cross in a million years. Of course, that would be the Gorga slash Judices. Deep down when I've watched the episodes with this family, I see very loving individuals and a very deep-rooted passion for one another. They do know how to fight as hard as they do play, but they are all very entertaining individuals. And uh, I'm hoping from this last season that we have watched that they've been able to put their differences behind them. Next, we have our best marriage category. I must give props, actually, to two different couples here. It's a close tie between, of course, Kyle and Mauricio and Adrian and Paul. I just admire so much the, the love and the admiration that you see in the eyes of both Kyle and Mauricio. They share respect for one another. Paul and Adrian seem to have a very flirty, very spunky-type fire in their relationship. And that squabbling that seems to go on between the two of them appears to equate to be just a form of affection. Next, we have a award for the best girl that I'd love to go out and party with. That award has to go hands down to Camille Grammer. She and I would just absolutely rock a dance floor. If any of you have actually ever watched her in past episodes, you know that she can just handle the floor like nobody's business. I get the sense that she could be very flirtatious yet gracious, which is not, of course, unlike myself, your host, who can do that. And, of course, I envision that she could probably stay up dancing until dawn. So best award for best girl to party with, Camille Grammer. Next, we have the best girl to teach me how to sing. I've noticed that throughout the franchises, we've had our share of different individuals who have been able to come out with new songs, break out into the business. And so I must preface this first off by saying that I have listened to the other music that's been produced. Apparently, Kim Zolziak, who is from the Real Housewives of Atlanta, of course, had her song. Countess Dale Lipseps from the Real Housewives of New York City has had that. And, of course, more recently, uh, Melissa Gorga from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. She obviously had just came out with her single not so long ago. The lady that I captured, or I should say captured my attention, who carries a true zeal for her music and just has some, just a set of magical pipes, has to be Candy Burgess. She just exudes an absolute energy level that I can't match, that I'm very an envy of. As a writer myself, I consider myself to be a literary artist, but certainly not a musician of any kind. 
In fact, I think I sing A, when I'm drunk, or B, when I'm in the shower and no one can hear me. So if there's any one person I'd love to meet and just maybe get a music lesson from, that would be Candy. Our next award comes off for our funniest gal. Now, I have to say that even though this particular individual isn't classically referred to as a housewife, I would have to still give this accolade over to Rosie. She just cracks me up with the way that she has these protective looks over her sister Kathy and just has an overall robust personality. I was thinking to myself the other day, I'm wondering if we could possibly come up with some sort of petition to try to get her to come onto the show, meaning let's get her a show of her own, because she would just exude such grace and style, and she'd be an absolute perfect gem to have a show of her own. So again, funniest gal, Rosie, hands down. Next off, we've got our best career lady. Um, Although I've noticed that most of the ladies have very distinguished careers, I'm going to have to give this one to Phaedra Parks, who, of course, is the real housewife of Atlanta. It's just amazing that she's trying to attempt pulling off having a career as an attorney. She very recently had a child of her own, which we saw on the show. And then, of course, she's obviously trying to open up her own funeral parlor recently with the assistance of her husband, Apollo. So, hands down, I have to give it to her. She's a multi-purpose lady, and I admire that, as I am one myself. Our next award goes to the best home of the Real Housewives. I have to say that there are some absolutely lavish and elaborate homes that we've been privy to look at throughout the course of time with the Real Housewives. But when it comes down to it, I think hands down, this award has to go to Miss Lisa Vanderpump. Her home is absolutely elegant. It has an air of romance to it and just appears to be very posh. She's turned her humble abode into an absolute work of art. The only question is, is how can I possibly get myself an invitation into that home personally just to be able to look at it and admire it? If many of you actually watched the season this last year, uh, obviously her daughter had her marriage and her wedding ceremony at their home, and it was absolutely just gorgeous and radiant. So again, best home to Lisa Vanderpump. Um, My next award goes for the actual most real housewife. And the individual who got this award this time around would have to be the newest member of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and that would be Dana Wilkie. Now, I know that we have not seen much of her on this particular season, but she has absolutely been the picture of honesty from the get-go. Some may say that she has just spent more money and, of course, has spent a great deal of time, obviously, talking about all the lavish things that she has, but she still gives off this aura of kindness, She seems to be very accepting of all of her friends, and she is quite candid, actually, about all of her history. I just want to say thanks for keeping it real, Dana. You're definitely the most real housewife that I've encountered thus far. And, of course, if I were to sum it up as far as my favorite housewife goes, of course, my stock answer has to be all of them. They are just an absolute joy and a weekly escape from my own reality, and it's just refreshing, entertaining business, and I absolutely love to watch it. So I'm glad that we got a chance to get through all of our Real Housewives business. Certainly, if any of our Real Housewives are actually out there listening in Twitterland or Facebook or actually hearing my little show, please, at any given point in time, if you'd like, feel free to give us a call on the show at any time. Please come on. Please give us an interview. We'd love to talk to you. So we're at the point in time. If any of you have any questions, want to make any comments, 
please feel free to give us a call. The lines are open. I have a live chat session that is now open. My switchboard is open to taking any phone calls. In just a few minutes, we're going to be having Forrest Dolan, of course, who is from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I'm going to take a few moments just to kind of talk about Make-A-Wish and what they do and what we're going to be covering this evening, and then we'll get to talking to Forrest. As many of you may already be aware, the Make-A-Wish Foundation has been assisting the granting of wishes of terminally ill children in the state of Wisconsin. Now, Make-A-Wish Foundation isn't primarily located in just Wisconsin. It is a nationwide organization. We are just very lucky that we have a chapter in our area. Very recently, my favorite talk show host, Connie and Curtis on 97.3, actually had a two-day marathon to raise funds, and they were able to earn enough money to be able to give a substantial amount of wishes to children in the area. So I thought that was absolutely impressive. We have the Wisconsin chapter here, which began in 1984, and I'm proud to hear that as of last year, or within the last year, I should say, Make-A-Wish Foundation actually granted 318 wishes. Their work is just undoubtedly a labor of love. I also found it quite impressive that Make-A-Wish Foundation actually utilizes 81% of their funds, and that directly goes to make the wishes a reality. 81%. Most organizations sometimes have to utilize money for marketing, et cetera, et cetera, and I find it commendable that they have such a high percentage that they can use for their cause. Uh, In addition to which, Make-A-Wish grants wishes to children from between the ages of roughly two and a half to 18 years of age. It's an amazing testament to this organization that no child in the state of Wisconsin has ever had to be placed on a waiting list for a wish in Wisconsin, which means that clearly they are getting the job done and in a big way. Myself personally, obviously I have children of my own, and I cannot possibly fathom what sort of immense pain or frustration and just the devastation that is associated with caring for a child that is terminally ill. There must be so many things that just go through your mind, so many things you have to take care of, so many obligations and responsibilities, trying to spend all that time with your child, I would just be ultimately overwhelmed and just praying to find some way to provide my child even just a tiny bit of solace, something that would give them some kind of peace or some kind of relaxation. Make-A-Wish is just one way that a child and their families can be given a small measure of happiness. Now, if only in today's modern technology, with all of the advances we have and all of the things that we've learned, that we could possibly find a cure for all of these illnesses so that we have no child or any adult, for that matter, dying from a terminal illness. I just cannot describe the utter sadness that I can feel just by thinking about a child that is suffering and knowing that there just isn't much that we can do to assist them. Hence, organizations like Make-A-Wish Foundation that are out there that are spending their time and their efforts and utilizing other organizations to make events, to find donations, to take volunteers, and to just try to raise awareness of all sorts of these things. So therefore, the purpose of our show tonight is to do these things. I want for us to be able to give us some awareness about what the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin does to try to get you, the audience, to possibly consider donating to their organization to become a Wish Club member like myself 
it costs roughly $15 a month. And that's the contribution I make, and that's 12 months out of a year. And $15, I believe, is just a very small amount to ask to try to be able to make a wish come true for a small child or a big child, for that matter. I'd also like to try to see if there are any kind souls out there that might be able to volunteer some of their time in any kind of capacity. The Make-A-Wish Foundation has a number of volunteer opportunities that they give to individuals, either on a small basis or a larger basis. Depending on the amount of time that you have, you could donate some of it. So, Forrest is here, so we'll be able to begin our interview in just a second. Hello, Forrest. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm doing just fine, Forrest. How are you? I'm doing great. Oh, wonderful. First of all, I wanted to just take a second to say thank you so much for coming to our show this evening and just taking time out of your busy schedule just to find some time for us. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Anytime, actually. Just absolutely anytime. Um, I've got just a ton of questions for you, some about yourself, a lot about the organization, and then hopefully we can try to find some ways to drum up some business for your cause. Wonderful. Now, I understand that you are obviously the uh, manager for uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, publicity manager. Now, can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the organization and your background so we get some sense sure. of who you are? Sure, absolutely. Um, I got involved with the Make-A-Wish Foundation through some friends that I knew that had been involved. Um, actually, our former director of communication and development um, was a very good friend of mine, and so um, I had learned a lot. And I've I've known about the foundation for for a long time, um, like many people have heard, certainly heard of the Make Wish brand, and um, and so I started um, volunteering a little bit, and then actually I started uh, serving as a um, really as a consultant, doing some public relations work on the side as a consultant for them, and um, eventually they needed a full time public relations manager, and so it worked out to be a great fit. Um, I have a background in communication, pub- uh, public relations, advertising, and then I also um, got really involved in the nonprofit uh, sector, specifically in the Milwaukee area, and um, I went through their uh, the Future Milwaukee Nonprofit Training Program and uh, was working with a lot of nonprofit organizations and uh, eventually landed in this role at Make-Wish Foundation in Wisconsin. Ah, wonderful. And how long have you been with them? I've been working with the foundation for four over four years, and then I've been full-time public relations manager for three years. Okay, gotcha. Wonderful. And you enjoy your job, obviously. (laughs) I do. I do. I have a really wonderful job in the foundation um, to be able to tell the story of the foundation and and to tell there are just endless stories of courage and hope and strength and joy. Um, You know, it really is an honor and a blessing to be able to tell so many of these wonderful stories and to get to know these families um, and to be able to share uh, the impact that a wish can have on on wish children and their families. Oh, definitely, yes. I was just going to ask you that. I want you to, if possible, if we could spend a few minutes and, and have you tell us or discuss some of your most personal favorite wishes that you've seen granted, just a few individuals that you've seen, if you could describe to us what their wishes were and, and how that all turned out, just if you can sure. remember a few of your favorites. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to quote unquote choose or pick favorites per se, but I'll tell you there are, there are definitely some incredibly memorable wishes. Um, as a staff, we don't often get that opportunity to actually connect with wish families. We work with over 500 volunteers around the state who actually serve as the liaisons with our wish families. So um, the opportunity to actually participate in a wish is a, is a real, um, it, it's, it's a unique experience for us. And I've had a, a couple of wonderful opportunities. Um, one was about a year and a half ago, um, and uh, Anna is a, a little girl. Well, not really a little girl anymore. She's 14, and okay. she's from uh, Horicon. And Anna had to have a heart transplant, um, and um, and her, her her medical condition was pretty serious. And um, she had decided that she she wished to meet Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And um, and so we began working on that wish, and um, ESPN learned about Anna's wish, um, and were interested in in covering that wish experience. And so they uh, ESPN does a series every year called My Wish, where they highlight sport related wishes, um, and they they cover those wishes um, and kind of cover every aspect of the entire wish experience with the wish child and their families. So um, so we actually surprised Anna. Um, we I and I was able to be there for the entire experience, and we had made arrangements with the Packers to have a DVD with Aaron Rodgers um, and Al Harris um, basically well, uh, intro- introducing themselves and asking Anna to come join them at Lambeau Field. And so we had placed this uh, DVD in, a, in the mailbox at her home, and we showed up, her, and she just thought it was, you know, they were just covering the story on fans of, of Packers, and they were shooting some B-roll video, and so Anna went out to the mailbox, and she grabbed uh, this, this envelope addressed to her and came in looking a little confused and, and then a little suspicious of her parents and, and so they put the DVD in and, and then there was Aaron and Al uh, Aaron Rodgers and Al Harris personally inviting Anna to join them um, at uh, Lambeau Field and she, I mean she just was broken into tears and we were hiding in the kitchen kind of waiting for this big reveal moment and um, and then we got to, to really participate uh, the, the rest of the time with her, we went up the next day to Lambeau Field, and and I'll tell you, you know, just participating in a in a wish experience like that was so moving, um, because you saw what kind of an impact that experience had on Anna and her family. I mean, it was just a life-changing event for them. And it was really, I mean, in some senses, I mean, it was, it was life-changing for me as well to see that experience and be part of that. Um, there's something when you, when you get to participate in a wish, it's a very unique experience for a family because it's, it's really, it's that ultimate wish of a child. And so when you're, you're part of that, it really forms a bond that it, it's hard to describe. And uh, so um, I'm fortunate that I, I still hear from Anna and her family, and she's doing incredibly well. Um, and uh, the wish really, um, for her, just gave her so much um, joy, and it just it just really lit her up like you can't believe. I mean, the smiles were incredible, and and so and then ESPN, of course, captured that whole story, and and that story last year. I mean, that was the year when the Packers went to the uh, Super Bowl and um, and went all the way, and and they really they played her story numerous times throughout the season. So it was a really wonderful experience. And then um, this past fall, um, it was a, a really impact 
I, I wish that really made an impact on me as well, and that was Brady. Um, Brady was a little boy from Exonia, and uh, his wish was to have playground equipment for children with special needs um, donated to their local park, to their local fireman's park in Exonia. And Brady was living with a mitochondrial disease, and um, and his medical condition was pretty serious. And so um, but it was really astounding and amazing to see him make this very selfless decision that he wanted playground equipment, not just for himself, but for, for any child that, that is living with, uh, you know, some sort of a special need. And so we, we made all the arrangements, and we had, we had made arrangements um, for a big wish day party, and the community really, the community found out about his wish, and they really wanted to get involved, and so there were a lot of members of the Exonia community that got involved in helping make this wish come true, and they added some additional, you know, they added some special landscaping and special flooring for the equipment and so on. And um, and so we planned out this wish day party um, and then we were expecting about 300 folks from the community to come out. And um, sadly, uh, two days before this big party and unveiling happened, um, Brady was at his first day of school and um, and he, he really wanted to be there and there was a rally going on and, and Brady had an episode and, and unfortunately Brady actually passed away. And, um, and so his family um, decided, you know what, we still want to have his wish day party and really have it as a, a celebration of his wish and also in his memory. And, and so we went on and we made a couple of minor changes um, and then um, we still held that, that event. And it was an amazing moment. Uh, to see an entire community come out, more than 300 people to come out in, in honor and in memory of Brady and to see his parents um, walking down the path to that playground for the first time and and to um, see them unveil the sign that, that a, there's a permanent sign there in honor of Brady's wish. And, and knowing that that wish not only gave Brady, because he was able to see at least the installation, and he was able to play with some of the equipment as they were building it, um, and knowing that his family has has that very special place, but also knowing that there are children that are going to enjoy that wish for many years to come. Um, it, it was it, it's hard to put into words. It was really I can imagine so. That's incredibly amazing. Oh my goodness, excellent yeah. stories there. All the more reason for you to be doing such wonderful work, of course. Um, question for you. Um, I'm I'm gathering that you've taken an opportunity over the course of time that you've been with Make-A-Wish, of course, to meet with the children and the different various families. Can you just explain to me a little bit the procedure that families go through in order to obtain these wishes? Sure. Um, you know, anybody... I, Anybody can really help refer a family, um, but most of our referrals come from uh, either a doctor, a nurse practitioner, um, a nurse, a social worker, usually a medical professional. Um, sometimes it comes from the family themselves, sometimes a wish child themselves. But basically, once a referral is made, um, we there's a, an initial approval process, and the, the, the approval process is strictly medically based. Um, it's really just looking at the medical criteria and, and confirming that, yes, child has a life-threatening condition, and so we work with the treating physician, and they sign off on that. And once that initial approval is done, then um, we assign two uh, volunteer wish granters who go, and they meet with the family, and they fill out some paperwork, and, and they really sit down and spend some time with the wish child and their and their family, to helping determine what the child's wish is. And once the child decides on, I, I want to go to Disney World, for example, um, then what we do is we have a second 
secondary approval process. So we, we again work with the treating physician and we just make sure that yes, it, that, that this child is it's okay for this child to have their wish. Because once in a while someone's you know a life you know one of their their medical condition could prevent them from travel or, or things like that. So we just sure. make sure that that's approved again by the doctor. And then once that that second approval is done, then it's all planning and fun and anticipation. Um, and our staff, we've got wish coordinators that work on planning all of the details. They work with travel agents, or they, if it's a room maker, they're working with you know designers, or they're working with furniture companies, or if it's a shopping spree, they're making the arrangements with the limo company and the stores, and and they're kind of putting together all of the details. And we we plan everything from start to finish so that a family literally doesn't have to worry about one detail. If it's a wish if it's a trip, if it involves travel, they don't have to worry about a thing. They don't have to worry about getting to the airport. They don't have to worry about I mean we provide phone cards. We provide you know really really try and think through every detail to make this experience so incredibly magical and, and effortless. So literally all the family has to worry about is packing up their clothes and showing up. And um and then and then the wish happens and when the wish is done, you know, we'll oftentimes get some photos or wish art back from the wish family and, and then it's really up to the family how much they want to be involved from there and so it's a and it's a complete experience. Gotcha, I got it. Now if anyone in the audience happens to know of a family or someone, would they just contact someone at your organization directly or send the information Absolutely. how do they do that? They can they can contact our offices. Um, they can call us um, at 800-236-WISH. Um, they could also go to our website, which is uh, www.wisconsin.wish.org. Um, ultimately, we have to we do have to speak with the family. So eventually, one way or the other, we'll have to speak with the family for the referral process. But um, anybody can contact us at any time for information on the, on how to get that process going. And uh, and we are we are thrilled. I mean, our goal as an organization is to grant every single wish for every child that medically qualifies. And this year alone, we know in Wisconsin there will be more than 400 children diagnosed with a life-threatening medical condition. Oh my goodness! You have your work ahead of you, my friend, and doing it absolutely wonderfully. Yes, definitely. We need all the help we can get with this, of course. Now, I, I just have to ask the question, uh, per, for yourself personally, do you find that there's ever been moments where you think your job is just overwhelming from an emotional standpoint just because of who you deal with and, and the circumstances around it? I, I think it's overwhelming at times, you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll use Brady's wish as an example. Um, I was there that day for that event, and and you know, and we had already discussed that I would speak, you know, and that was before Brady had passed away. So um, and so, it was even a bigger deal that that they had me speak at that at that dedication event. And that was, I mean, it was definitely overwhelming emotionally, and um, and I kind of had to just kind of <laughs> gather myself and say, okay. You're here to 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 really make this uh, a really wonderful moment for this family, um, and so um, so it is overwhelming. But it's also I gotta tell you, it, it's an, a privilege. It's a privilege of my life. Um, I I never expected to be here um, and and to be able to participate and share in these incredible moments for these families, and knowing that these moments are bringing um, so much 
good into the lives of the children and, and into their families, not to mention the community. Um, I mean, that, I think one of my favorite things about Make-Wish Foundation is that it is such a grassroots organization. We are so dependent on an entire community. It is not a, you know, it's certainly not our office. It's, you know, it's not a few people. It's a whole community that comes together to do this work. Um, and so I think that sometimes is is probably one of the most moving parts of the work for me. Wonderful. Now, I'm also curious to find out just you personally for us. Do you happen to have any particular personal goals or objectives, things you'd like to see Make-A-Wish Wisconsin accomplish this year, outside of, of course, your own company, you yourself personally? What would you like to see happen? Anything? Um, I I would just love to see our story grow. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people know they've heard of Make-A-Wish Foundation, um, and they maybe have some perceptions about us. But I think my personal goal is that everyone throughout the state of Wisconsin would have a better understanding of what we're about. Um, it's it's always interesting to me to talk to different people and, and, you know, to hear people's perceptions. Oh, I thought it was, I thought Make-A-Wish was just for kids that were dying, or I thought, um, or, I mean, there's just lots of perceptions. Or, oh, I thought you guys were just in Milwaukee, or, or whatever that case may be. Um, and I think my personal goal is just to have anyone and everyone in the state of Wisconsin understand that Make-A-Wish Foundation is a you know a community organization that is granting wishes for these kids, and it's giving them something crucial and critical. It, it's giving them something part of you know that really becomes part of their treatment, um, and it, it's helping enrich their lives. And uh, and if I can do that well, and if I can have people understand um, our mission um, and engage in our mission, then I feel like I'm I'm accomplishing something. Definitely, and of course, enriching the lives of the family members as well, because it's not just the child. You have the child, and then yeah. you have the family unit, and they really need Absolutely. that. They, they definitely they do. need that. Certainly. Now, I found out something interesting today, which I did not know until today, which was there is such a thing as World Wish Day on April 29th. There is. There yes. is. Now, can you elaborate and kind of tell us how the Make-A-Wish uh, Wisconsin is going to be commemorating that day? Absolutely. Uh, Make a wish, uh, World Wish Day this year falls actually on a Sunday. So um, we are going to be, for us, it's a, it's a big deal just to, to sh- spread the word, um, to make sure that we're getting the word out there and having as many people know about Make a Wish Foundation as possible. And we've got um, a couple of wishes around the state that we are going to be, we're in the process of kind of confirming what those wishes are going to be. But we're going to be highlighting those wishes and we're going to be sending, you know, contacting the media and letting people know about these wishes that are going to be granted and that are being granted basically during that time frame. There, there, um, there are actually three wishes in particular that are going to be granted um, that week and the kids are going to be heading off onto their wish trips um, within a couple days of World Wish Day. And so we really want to make sure that the word is out and people know um, what Make-A-Wish is all about um, and, and that people know that they can be part of that mission. Um, again, I, I think a lot of people know and have heard about Make-A-Wish or have heard our name, um, but they don't understand that there is such a wonderful place that anyone and everyone can play, play a role in that. Um, and, and that's really what World Wish Day is all about. It's, it's about awareness. It's about people knowing that um, a wish makes a difference in these children's lives and in the family lives. And in turn, it makes a difference in communities. I mean, I've seen the power of a wish work in an entire community, and, and that's what World Wish Day is all about. 
Definitely. And, of course, as the host, I must reiterate to the audience that, of course, World Wish Day is one day, but Make-A-Wish is all year round, of course. You That's do your right. work all year That's round, right. and so let's be aware about this every day, not just one day. But it is wonderful, yeah. I think, in my opinion, that you, you've designated a day and say, let's raise the awareness on this day. Let's think about this. Let's do some more things about this. Very important. Well, the great thing is wishes are going to be granted in in honor of World Wish Day all over the country and all and actually all over the world. Um, there are We're one of, of 62 chapters across the United States and 35 affiliates on five different continents around the world. And so every chapter and every affiliate will be uh, highlighting wishes that are being granted during that time um, to really celebrate World Wish Day. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Now, for the individuals that are located out of state per se, and let's say that we have World Wish Day come along, or let's say that they want to help out Make-A-Wish chapters, what do they do? Mm -hmm. What's the best thing for them to do? Sure. Um, they could go to wish.org. Um, wish.org is the uh, website for our – it's our national website, and you can locate your chapter easily through wish.org. There's uh, When you go to wish.org, there's a little section. You just click on Find My Chapter, and then you can click on the state and where you are, and, and then you'll be able to find the chapter in your area. Um, like I said, there are 62 chapters. Some, some states, you know, larger states, they have multiple chapters, and then there are some chapters that cover a couple of states that, you know, we're, we're basically population-centered. Um, and so for us, we, you know, we cover the entire state of Wisconsin. And so, um, but it's it's really easy to, and then, and then literally contact those chapters, um, you know, let them know, hey, I want to be involved, um, you know, and whether it's, you know, setting setting up some sort of an outside fundraiser, whether it's volunteering, volunteering at at an event, or becoming a wish granter and and going through that training and and working with families directly, um, whether it's you know helping your child do a, a coin drive at their school, um, there's literally something that anyone and everyone can do. Um, and and the chapters, we all need volunteer help in our offices, um, and we have folks of all ages that. Really Really get involved with the foundation. Um, we have some incredible volunteers that work at our office. Uh, there's a woman in particular named Ruth, and she's in her 80s, and she's in every Tuesday and Thursday helping us with office projects. She's amazing, and she comes in faithfully two days a week. And then we've got wonderful uh, groups of kids in their schools that are raising money um, and doing things to to help make wishes come true for other kids, and that's through our Kids for Wish Kids program. So. You know, it, there's really something for anybody from, you know, the age of two to the age of 92, so. Um, Wonderful. Yes, that was just, that was that was going to be my question in terms of, let's say somebody finds themselves having time and an inclination to want to volunteer. What sorts of things can they do in your office to volunteer? What can they do to help? Sure. I mean, we've got, um, you know, we, we're constantly entering data and updating our databases. Um, so there's always data entry that has to be done. We do mailings. We do, you know, when we're uh, coming up to events, um, getting ready for events, there's always projects to be doing, um, getting ready for those events. Um, and then, you know, so it, it, it just kind of varies. There's, there's really a lot of different things that people can do um, to help us out. Okay. Now, if we have particular individuals out there who happen to be business owners, let's say, are there occasions where you need uh, things donated from their organizations that might be helpful to you? Any items that they can offer? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, we need things. I mean, there's there's a couple of, of ways to approach that. Um, there are a, a lot of needs for wishes themselves. Um, you know, especially, you know, like I, I mentioned, we have wishes oftentimes for room redos or room makeovers, um, those kind of things. So we need lots of different donated products and services. But also, um, we, you know, we do events throughout the year to, to help raise funds for the foundation. We're a completely privately funded organization. And so so we do a tremendous amount of work to raise funds, and so donating items that can be utilized in auctions. Um, we have our, our big, big gala is coming up in March, and so uh, it's called Host Night, and um, it's going to be in Milwaukee, and it's, it's an event where we've got 600 people coming to the Hyatt Regency, and uh, we do a big silent auction and a raffle and a wine poll and we do a live auction. So there's wonderful opportunities to donate items for those kind of things as well. Wonderful. Now, if a particular individual, let's say they find themselves in a position where they'd like to do some form of a fundraiser, now, mm -hmm. do they contact your offices? What's the procedure for yeah. that? Yeah, um, we have a, a special events manager. Her name is Andrea, and you can just contact our office and ask for Andrea, or you can email her at ahug at wisconsin.wish.org. And Andrea, um, she's we you know anybody that wants to do outside fundraisers, we have some some paperwork that we will have you fill out, and it's really easy. It's really simple. And Andrea is a wonderful resource with all sorts of ideas if, if someone's looking for an idea, as well as just providing you know whatever you might need, whatever kind of support you might need in doing an outside fundraiser to benefit the foundation, um, information about our logo and how to use our logo and those kind of things. Um, you know, helping you know, helping you figure out you know what you know the different pieces you, that you need to organize for an outside fundraiser. Um, so we, uh, a lot of our funds raised come from outside fundraisers. It's a big area of of resource for us. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Now I know, obviously, we've had a conversation before in that recently. Connie and Curtis had their radiothon, of course, which is how I established mm -hmm. myself as a wish member. Um, can you kind of explain to us? I know are there not different levels that you can become a donator, meaning absolutely. I'm on the standard level. We so have on. people absolutely. We have people that donate. You know, I mean, people that donate as little as five dollars. And we've got people that donate on a monthly basis, a recurring basis, um, that will give, um, like, for example, the Wish Club um, that was established through our Radiothon, um, that was $15 a month. Um, and then you know, people give one-time gifts. Um, it, it really it, it goes from, you know, as I said, it goes from $5 to thousands of dollars. Um, and people can do that in a variety of ways. They can they can either mail um, mail checks or, or credit card numbers or whatever directly to our office um, in Butler, and, and all that information is available on our website. Um, they can also donate online. There's a if you go to wisconsin.wish.org, there's a donate now button, and you can and you can do that, and you can set up whatever you want to set up there through the online donating program. You can set up a recurring gift if you'd like. Um, you can do it over the phone. You can just simply call our office at 800-236-WISH, and you can establish whatever you want to do. Um, and you can give um, in a variety of different ways. I mean, you can give just you can just generally give a gift, but you can also give in honor or memory of someone. Um, we get a tremendous amount of people that will give in honor of birthdays or in honor of graduations or anniversaries or weddings. Um, it's a great 
it's an incredibly wonderful gift. You know, we, we live in a society where we really do have a lot. And so um, for a lot of people, they don't necessarily feel like they need another birthday present or another wedding gift. And so it's a great way to, to give someone something and, and really have them become part of a wish come true for a child um, with a life-threatening medical condition. And so, and when you do that, you just specify that it's in honor of this person and this is who I want a card sent to. And we'll send a card to that individual letting them know that a gift has been made in memory or in honor of whatever the, the occasion may be. Gotcha. And now this might sound like a silly question, but I know myself personally, let's say that when you're doing your final estate planning, et cetera, I've designated certain funds to certain organizations. Does Make-A-Wish offer that opportunity as yeah, well? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we have a whole area of estate planning. Um, again, uh, on our website, um, you can find information there. You can also speak with either Wendy or Dave at our office. You can just call and, and let them know, hey, I'd like to speak to someone about estate planning. Um, and that's a wonderful way to to give um, because a lot of the estate gifts, those kind of things, they, they can be gifts in perpetuity depending on the size of the gift. Um, it, you know, it, you're creating a legacy really um, of your life by by planning out ahead of time and and doing that estate planning because you know that your your gift and your support is is making a significant difference in the lives of these kids. And uh, I, I can't think of a better way. Um, and a better organization to donate from an estate planning point of view. Definitely so. Now, I'm kind of intrigued to hear, apparently we have two events, as I understand it, Mardi Gras and the Reason for Roance are both February events for Make-A-Wish Wisconsin. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you can give us the details, meaning location, what's going on, what's happening with these events so we can mark our calendars. Sure. Um, I can do my best. Okay. <laughs> you know, a little bit top guard on that one. But um, I know that the Mardi Gras event is coming up this, uh, February 18th. It's at O'Malley's. It's up in Plymouth. And um, there's a, uh, more information. Uh, you can purchase tickets ahead of time. And that information is, again, available right at our website at wisconsin.wish.org. And then there's also the um, uh, romance event coming up. And that event, give me two seconds is going to be held at Distill Milwaukee, um, and it's going to be February 23rd um, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. And uh, and that's part of a wonderful um, organization. Uh, Evening of Elegance is a, a it's become a, a wonderful supporter of ours, and Evening of Elegance is coming up in April, and they do a big, they do a lot of fundraising for both Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin and Children's Hospital. And Reason for Romance is one of the fundraisers that they are doing throughout the year to help support both of those organizations. And again, both the information about both of these events is available at wisconsin.wish.org, and it's right on our homepage under Current Events. Okay, so we can get tickets and find out all the information, yep. the lowdown on the whole exactly. bit. Exactly. Absolutely wonderful. Okay, Forrest, so I wanted to go ahead and tell you what the host here, Cindy, is going to be doing for your organization and let the audience know this as well. What I'd like to do for the next four or five days, um, as most of my audience members know, and I think you might know, I've been a published author for some time, and so I do a number of different creative writings in my business. And I've been very fortunate this year to have some good things happen to myself. So for the course of the next week or so, since we've had the Make-A-Wish Foundation on, uh, I'm going to be selling all sorts of different pieces over the weekend, and 40% of everything that I earn I'd like to donate directly back to Make-A-Wish Wisconsin. 
Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, no, not a problem at all. Now, secondly, uh, over the course of the weekend, I'm going to be making a few public appearances. So just to let the audience know, for any individual at all whatsoever, and Forrest, this might take some coordination from your office a little bit, any individual that has listened to my show or will pass the word along and actually either signs up or makes a donation to Make-A-Wish over the next four days, I will automatically be giving them a free piece of writing I have actually donated for us. I believe you have a copy of the piece of writing I gave you to distribute mm-hmm. to the we do. Wisconsin parents. Yes, I'll be giving a free copy of that out, and in addition to which I will be donating a dozen free Oreo truffles to anybody anytime they make a donation for the next four days, and that's all for free, anytime for the next four days or so. That's wonderful. Thank so I'm you. hoping that that will definitely push the word out there. Again, I want to go ahead and tell everybody www.wisconsin.wish.org. That's your best opportunity to go ahead, take a look, volunteer, donate. Uh, All of Make-A-Wish Foundation information is going to be on my Facebook page. I will be tweeting it this week. It will be on our show page. Forrest, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to call in to us and uh, educate us a little bit and share your thoughts and feelings. I'm hoping I'll be able to drum up a lot of money and donations and volunteers for you this weekend. That's great. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone that's listening. We really appreciate it. Not a problem, and we look forward to talking to you again. All right, thank you. All right, have a good evening, Forrest. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, audience, thank you so much for tuning in to the interview with the Make-A-Wish Wisconsin Foundation. I'm going to make a plea to all of my audience members now to make a donation to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. The charge is minimal, as I might have mentioned earlier in the broadcast. When I had donated, it's a mere $15 a month. It's a 12-month obligation. $15 a month, most people are spending more of that in gas. You can spend more of that in cigarettes, having a couple glasses of wine. $15 to the life of a child is immeasurable. To make their wish come true is completely priceless. What we can do is to make sure that these families and these children are getting the things that they need while they are struggling having a terminally ill disorder. If you aren't capable of being able to donate on a financial standpoint, as Forrest had mentioned, there are certainly different ways where you can donate your time to the organization, maybe stop down there and see what they need as far as a volunteer situation. As we might have mentioned, of course, again, to reiterate, there is the event, which is Mardi Gras this coming weekend, and Reason for Romance, which is the following week. Go onto their website and check out and see what events are out there. Um, I would like to go ahead and I would share with you the piece that I wrote. I actually donated this to Make-A-Wish Foundation in Wisconsin. It is a piece that I wrote for parents, and I envision this sort of thing as being something that a child would actually say to their parents in appreciation whether they are living or not. And this is sort of my token to these parents to give them some sort of hope and some sort of encouragement and support in what they are dealing with at the present time and beyond. The name of the piece is entitled, My Heart's Adoration. Selfless you are indeed in action, embarking on an unimaginable excursion filled with few recognitions, forfeiting passions or livelihoods, Maintaining serenity and balance daily, despite life's misgivings. Immeasurable fortitude displayed in the face of adversity. Projecting a graceful and spirited persona is routine. Impressing upon us the virtues of honesty and respect. Consider this my solemn token of gratitude. 
I offer my eternal appreciation for your existence. I admire your individuality, your limitless grace and splendid sense of style. Your beauty radiates in ways unrecognizable to you. Within your arms is my harbor of security. In your eyes, the reflection of whom I aspire to be. You are what my heart adores. So that is a piece, actually, that I've donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. If anyone is interested in purchasing this piece, again, I reiterate, I'm re- I'm selling this piece, and I'm donating 40% of the earnings to Make-A-Wish Foundation. And that is, of course, over the next week or so. So anyone interested in purchasing it, we can frame it for you, put it together in a package. It'll take 24 hours. I do go ahead and I accept PayPal, so we can go ahead and get it shipped out to anywhere in the United States. And again, of course, it donates the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's just an absolutely small part of the picture in terms of getting all the kids their wishes, but I'd like to try to help out as much as humanly possible. And for further information on all of my work and ways to try to order, you can visit my website at www.sinssweetcreations.yolosite.com. And you'll find that piece along with some of my other works and some of my other charity causes that I'm a support of. Now, before we end the show, there's just one more piece of writing that I have done that I'd like to share with you. Again, um, I revert back to my favorite show, The Real Housewives. Um, I actually had written a piece some time ago, and this piece was written for actually both Kyle and Kim Richards, who was from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. As many of you who may or may not be fans, uh, I can tell you that on air there seems to be just a general, um, they've been having a very difficult time. And I could sense just by watching the show that as sisters they have a great love and admiration for each other and they were struggling. And so I felt very inspired and I wrote this piece I'd like to share with you. It's called Jewels to Treasure. Such a rarity it is to discover two gems as exquisite. As one peers closely, a plethora of substance is revealed. One reserved by nature, a bountiful mixture of charm and generosity. She basks in the joy of maternal accomplishments, desirous to discover her heart's true companion. The other naturally radiates warmth from within carrying herself with an air of beauty and elegance. She is warranted her self-assurance and spunk, passionate in her life's endeavors as family matriarch. Now both seemingly gripped by sorrow, each one paralyzed by regret, their exceptional uniqueness encompasses the key to their unity. Remember that tranquility lies in each moment shared, Reminisce often of shared accomplishments. Seek strength in and forever remain cognizant of the blessing that they call sisterhood. So that's just a piece, as I said, duly inspired by Kyle and Kim Richards, actually written based upon watching their struggles being sisters. Um, So I just wanted to share that with all of you. So again, I want to say thank you so very much to all of my audience members to all of the individuals that are listening to me. I thank you very much for your support. Again, please feel free to check out my website. Feel free to check out my Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter. As far as tomorrow, Friday, episode number three, 
we're going to be starting with Creative Cougars, which is my concept for a dating show. Tomorrow we'll start talking about it. We'll start looking for participants. And we will actually have our very first lady on, who's actually an artist, and we'll be trying to set her up with a potential date. And just to give you as a heads up, Creative Cougars is an actual contest. The participants will actually be expected to perform certain tasks in order to be able to gain their date. So basically this isn't a matter of you tuning in and seeing a really pretty girl and just calling up with a slick line and being able to get her attention. You will need to be competing. You will need to be a little out of the box. There will be a variety of different contestants, both male and female, of different age groups. In addition to which, we will also have uh, different lifestyles on as well. So we will actually have straight couples. We will also have gay and lesbian couples as well. So again, if you have any suggestions, questions, or comments about tonight's show, please feel free to leave me a message. Obviously, every broadcast here is on Blog Talk Radio, so if any of you missed it live this evening, we will be rebroadcasting it here on Blog Talk Radio, and in addition to which, you will also be able to view them on YouTube starting tomorrow. So I look forward to spending another evening with you tomorrow, and you all have a good evening. Thanks. <laughs>